you're listening to the C to Z of Movies. My name is Colin on the C. Joining me as ever is Zijan the Z. Hello, Zijan. Hey, Colin. Are you enjoying our freedom? Or freedom, as uh, William Wallace says. Is that your Scottish accent was just talking a bit louder? Well, that's pretty much what Mel Gibson <laughs> says. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> It's exactly uh, the same. You can take our lives, but you can never take our freedom. I am enjoying our freedom, uh, Zizan. I have just been on holiday for a week. That's how much what? I'm enjoying freedom. I know, I know. I went to, uh, went to Goodrich in Herefordshire with my brother. Um, stayed in an Airbnb there, and it was beautiful sunshine, let me tell you. After uh, the first sunny week of the year, and we, we timed it beautifully. It was very nice weather last week, I have to say. It was so. Um, it's been it's been a delight. I've I've still managed to watch a few films uh, this week, as well as watching episodes of New Girl. And Simon has got me watching a, a TV series which I seem to hate, and yet I don't put up a fight when he wants to watch more of it. Um, what? Which is uh, this is my house. Um, is this the BBC series where people pretend that uh, they live in a house? That's not theirs. That's it. And there's one person whose house it is. And, uh, and someone needs to guess which whose house belongs to. That's uh, it. That's the show. Ooh, it's this house belongs really to. awful. I've, uh, and yet somehow I was like, yeah, fine. We'll watch it more of it. All right. There's um, some really bad shows on BBC now. Primetime BBC. Primetime BBC. Recently there's a show where I heard that people need to guess whether someone is a good singer or not on BBC by, them, <laughs> by looking at them miming a song. Uh, yes, I've, I've heard of this as well. I've not seen it. Um, uh, it's really gone down the drain now entertainment these days wow <laughs> one year of a pandemic and this is what we get I've got to say we sound, we sound like the oldest people on the internet though. TV these days is not what it used to be <laughs> well um, email in cdzmovies at gmail.com do you think Zijan or I are good singers um, <laughs> no one of us is one of us is uh, is great uh, a professional singer one of us is terrible um, that's not quite true but it's Truer than it might be. Anyway, it's, it's partially true. Today we are talking about the film "Promising Young Woman," starring Kerry Mulligan, which uh, is in contention for the Oscars, which are happening tonight as we uh, record, or tomorrow Ooh. in the early hours. We really ought to have recorded tomorrow. My fault. Oh well. It really um, is your fault. It is my fault. I'm editing. Maybe I'll insert me just listing the Oscar winners. <laughs> uh, That's what you did the last time with the BAFTA, so it's not like it's any different. Yeah, I'm hoping we're not going to be recording this while the Oscars are actually happening because. It'll be like a 12-hour episode or something. Uh, we're also talking about the films of Kerry Mulligan, uh, and we're doing a quiz on the films of Ben Falcone, who may or may not pronounce his name like that. Um, but we always start with movie news, Zijan. Oh. Uh, in this pre-Oscars world, what is the uh, the movie news? <laughs> Russell Crowe. We find out who Russell Crowe is playing now in Thor, Love and Thunder. Oh, yeah. He's playing the god Zeus. Ooh, big, big, uh, big role. I didn't know that. Big God, big, uh, yeah, like the Greek pantheon uh, in the Marvel Universe isn't really there at the moment. I mean, it's no. there in the DC Universe because uh, obviously um, Wonder Woman yeah, yeah, yeah. is uh, the daughter of, I don't even know whether she's the daughter of Zeus, but she's, she's the daughter of the, one of the gods and she battled with Ares in the first film, mm. um, spoiler alert. But in the Marvel comics, um, there are characters called uh, like Hercules and Ares, okay. who are part of the comics, um, and they've been part of the Avengers here and there. Uh, Hercules is this hedonistic, fun-loving goofball, quite similar to uh, Star-Lord, All right. uh, um, except super strong. Um, and Ares is more the anti-hero type kind of right. person. Right, okay. Because when we got the first Thor, 
it was before the kind of the universe had really been expanded or the multiverse things um wasn't it so it was all kind of like this is science here are, yep here, here's a little sketch natalie portman's done and um obviously now with doctor strange and wonder and all this stuff we're going it's just more everything now <laughs> magic yeah so it would be interesting to see whether zeus properly is a god or whether um he's just like the mandarin just an actor ben kingsley could be ben King- yeah uh okay good for russell crowe that's a good mm. that's a good bit of casting i think for zeus yeah so. yeah i think so i think it works uh, speaking of gods, uh, Lucy Liu has joined Shazam. It's playing uh, Hesper's sister, uh, goddess, and the and the villain of the piece. Hmm. Hesper, played by Helen Mirren. Helen Mirren. Yeah, I don't know whether we've been told Lucy Liu's character's name, other than that she's the sister of Hesper. Uh, uh, Calypso, I think. That's Calypso. Yeah. Cool. I thought it was an ice cream. Oh well. <laughs> um, good for Lucy Liu. Uh, she's she's on a hot streak after set it up three years ago or something. Well, in terms of film, she hasn't done much, but she's doing a lot of TV anyway, right? She's in the, the she was in the Sherlock Holmes adaptation. Oh, of course she was, yes. Mm. Joan, she plays Joan Watson. Joan yeah. Watson. Mm. Um, also, I watched the new Chinese Angels uh, recently, and she appears in a picture in that, I think. So, oh, nice. She doesn't I'm age, though, Lucy Liu. She looks she, exactly the same as she, she did back much, in Ellie McBeal. Much like a goddess. Yeah. <laughs> and Paul Rudd. <laughs> Well, I will go to the grave maintaining that Paul Rudd looks older than he used to. <laughs> it's all lies. Poor Paul Rudd. <laughs> she came on the show, defend herself. <laughs> um, Disney Plus, unsurprisingly, has come to a deal with Sony to host Spider-Man. Mm. Um, and, yeah, pretty much brought everything onto Disney Plus now. Um, anything Marvel-related onto Disney Plus. Um, and obviously this includes stuff like Jumanji and Hotel Transylvania, which belongs to Sony. So for those who right. are interested, you may want to subscribe to Disney Plus like Colin here. Yes, I do. Yes. Mm. Well, because Sony had done a deal with Netflix, haven't they? That everything that's with Sony is going to go on Netflix. Yep. Clearly, uh, Disney Plus managed to come up with something better. Yeah. I guess Sony are laughing. <laughs> Getting money on all sides. Yeah. It's nice that they're not just launching their own streaming service like everyone else. Like you mean Sony? Yeah. Um, yeah. Given the track record, right? It's not like people are going to rush out to get Sony Plus. Plus. No, but you. I'm kind of surprised they haven't just launched it and then it dies after two years, like everyone else is doing. But yeah. Good for them. Good for them. Um, I'm, fine. Hugh Jackman and Laura Dern are going to be in a film called The Son. Son spelled S-O-N, presumably in a cinematic universe with the father. Uh, which is up for some Oscars. Uh, it's about a guy whose world is turned upside down when his uh, his ex turns up with uh, a boy and says, "This is your son." Funny uh, you say that it's the same cinematic universe because it's by the same director, oh, is Marion Zeller, yeah. and it's based on the play that he wrote. So oh, there you go. Oh, he comes up with boring titles. <laughs> uh, well, tell him that then. Hey, Florian, guess why we think about your titles? Yeah. I've not seen your film because it's not yet been released in this country and this one hasn't started filming yet. But uh, here's my fearless uh, review of it. <laughs> yeah, no, that's a, that's a, it seems like a... This is basically for people who... Claim, and by people, I mean Simon, uh, who complain that we just do uh, superhero stuff. There's, uh, there's some non-super... That's, that's based on a play. An absolute play. There you go. You don't do all superhero stuff. Oh, he knows, he doesn't... Uh, he doesn't learn. Like, this whole podcast is pretty much non-superhero except for, like, the news bit. Yeah. But we start out with that because if not, most other people just log off from our podcast. We've got to, we've got to throw in some uh, DC and Marvel news or else what's the point? Exactly, right? Yeah. Um, 
director John Carney, uh, who did Once, oh yes, um, and Sing Street, and Begin um, Again, and Begin Again, is working with Martin Scorsese um, on a film based on the tunes of George Gershwin. Ooh. Yeah. Huh? Um, currently, it's a uh, working title. It's "Fascinating Rhythm," which is one of Gershwin's songs. Uh, it's not going to be a biopic, okay. uh, unlike like the Bernstein's uh, uh, film that's coming out, mm. uh, Leonard Bernstein um, film that's coming up. Uh, that's definitely a biopic. But this this is a musical, which obviously John Carney is known for, because both yeah. Once and Sing Street were, and not only musicals, they were original musicals. That's as well. true. Yeah. yeah. And uh, this musical is focused on a young woman's magical journey through past and present New York City. Maybe, so I'm quite yeah, interested okay. in this. Um, I, I mean, like, he's very good at creating. And we've complained a lot about originality in films, as it is, really. Hmm. And it's always good to see something which is not an adaptation of a, of a previously <laughs> done musical, which yeah, quite a lot yeah. of them are out right now, yeah. It's interesting to see, because he, he, after Begin Again, um, got himself in a bit of trouble for, for being very mean about Kira Knightley and basically saying uh, he would never work with a film star again. So mm-hmm. uh, he likes to cast unknowns, I guess. Or, well, yeah, both Once and Sing Street were, un- well, mostly of a cast of unknowns. Yeah, pretty much so. unknown, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, although, I, mean, I say, he, he has since apologised to Kira Knightley for, for some of the things he said, I think, but he didn't seem to object to working with Mark Ruffalo, but I suppose... I think he viewed uh, Kieran Knightley as being maybe more of a um, a star than an actor, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, been interesting to see where it goes on. Uh, and I don't think Martin Scorsese has a long history of musicals. He did New York, New York, which wasn't a musical, but had music in it. Uh, oh, I know he did. He directed a Rolling Stones uh, documentary as well, in fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mads Mikkelsen has joined Indiana Jones 5. As again, I put these in the order that I find them. So, um, <laughs> I need to work on this order. Uh, presumably a villain because it's Mads Mikkelsen and he's almost always a villain. Um, Please uh, don't tell me you're going to end this segment with something miserable again, Colin. Uh, depends. I don't. Think, I don't think I have any. No, I, well, I don't think I have any explicitly miserable news. In, the, the, the miserable topic is the main topic today, season. <laughs> Okay, that's good. I mean, like, it's, it's, it, it was quite a chore to edit around that, but yeah, that's good. <laughs> wow, okay. <laughs> um, you know, we've spoken at length about uh, the Tetris movie. We have, the Tetris trilogy. Tetris trilogy, the te- of course The Tetrilogy. Yeah, probably they split the last film into two other films as well. Of course, uh, yeah. <laughs> yes, you do. Um, so, Wind Diesel is developing and starring in... Uh, Rock'em Sock'em Robots movie. Brilliant. And for those who don't know what, what Rock'em Sock'em Robots are, I did not grow up with that. But if I'm pretty sure you know what they are when you see a picture of them because it's basically like a blue robot and a red robot and you basically just... Is it pressing buttons, right? I've, for them I've never actually seen it in reality. I've seen it on TV and stuff. But yeah, I think you press that thing and they punch each other. They're plastic or something. Yeah. So, yeah. Another... Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, that feels like it actually has a... The capability of being a story, although it sounds a lot like Real Steel, um, which I don't know if you see. There's a Hugh Jackman <laughs> film where uh, you control robots, robots that punch each other. Basically. Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. So, because that, that's one way of going with this, I suppose. I mean, this feels like there's more of an obvious story than the Tet trilogy that uh, that we've still not heard any more about. Okay. Tet trilogy. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to watch uh, Rock and Sock and Robots, if I'm honest. But um, never know. 
We have been desperate before. I'm trying to think if I've ever seen a Vin Diesel film, actually. Have you not? Well, I guess I've seen the obviously the Guardians films where he voices Creed, but have I yeah. seen a, have I seen a live action Vin Diesel film? Uh, spoiler alert, Carly. I think you've seen more Vin Diesel films than I've seen Carrie Mulligan films. All right. Uh, oh, I look forward to that. Well, speaking of Carrie Mulligan, then this is some this is the strangest news I've ever heard, Zijan. This is <laughs> this is stranger than the Tetris trilogy uh, news. Carrie Mulligan's next project. Yep. She's going to be playing um, the wife of an astronaut in a film called, I think, Spaceman. Yep. Uh, the astronaut being played by Adam Sandler. I I don't know what to make of this. Um, Carrie Mulligan is, I think, one of the finest actors of her generation and notably, going through her IMDb, almost always picks really interesting projects. I mean, she, they don't always work, necessarily. They don't always hit but more often not they do and it's an interesting variety and she picks stuff that she's clearly interested by and, and uh really yeah she's not so much interested perhaps in making hundreds of millions of dollars she wants to do stuff that yeah that interests her and she's playing wife of adam sandler i mean she's like 20 years younger than him so that's normal in his films yeah well how old is adam sandler i don't know like 60 <laughs> 60 Fine. Uh, I could look at that, but now I'm going to go with it. I'm signed at 60. Um, Kerry Mulligan, I think, is our age, actually. So there you go. Adam Sandler, I mean, made Uncut Gems, which was nothing like his normal films and was was, was good. So I'm guessing this must be one of them. Because, I mean, Kerry Mulligan is not signing up to play wife of Adam Sandler right. in a regular Adam Sandler film. Well, do you know, Adam Sandler threatened everyone that if he didn't win an Oscar for Uncut Gems, he'll make a terrible movie. I think he did. I think ma- that came out. Already, I think he yeah. made it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's all good now. It's, so she's back on fine. track. Yeah. yeah. I mean, the the other possibility, and uh, let's not rule this out, is that Carrie Mulligan has got huge gambling debts and just needs to uh, <laughs> needs like get, Nicolas Cage needs to get money in quick. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> she doesn't. She doesn't necessarily see the type, uh, but it's you never know, do you? You never know what's going on beneath the surface. <laughs> I should put that in my uh, my predictions for 2022. Yeah, I think you should. <laughs> that is brilliant. Carry my leg gambling that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, next up, uh, we're more Disney news because uh, they can't, uh, and a lack of originality news as well. Yes. Kirsten Wick and um, Annie uh, Mumolo I'm not sure whether I'm pronouncing her last name correctly are writing a Cinderella Stepsisters spin-off film yeah a musical I believe uh, yeah so yeah I don't know who <sighs> Annie Mumolo is to be honest but uh... nope me neither uh, I mean <laughs> the the the, the story of a Disney anti-hero, uh, the villain is always um, something to, I guess to make a film of if you're running out of ideas I guess. I guess uh, it's like Maleficent. Um, yeah or the upcoming Cruella. Yeah, yeah. I mean there's, there's it's, it's better than just yet another Cinderella remake I suppose. <laughs> well you put it that way I guess. Yeah. Do you even know what they're called in, the, in Disney? Um, they are called uh, Griselda. <laughs> That's uh, what they And Molly. Uh, of course, yep. Yep, I'm standing by that. <laughs> Griselda and Molly. Griselda and Molly. You, you must know what they're called. You're the, you're yeah, the big, biggest Disney fan around. Yeah, Anastasia and Gisela. I was very close with uh, that second one. Yep. 
well, we close, won't be watching this. Um, who knows, Ejan? Who knows? Uh, Maybe if Emma Stone plays one of the sisters. I mean, if this, if this, I'm assuming that Kristen Wiig and Annie Mumolo will play them, but maybe not. Uh, I don't know. Who, say, who, don't who know if... will play those sisters for you to watch the film? Uh, I know, Kristen Dunst and Emma Stone. Uh, sure, I mean... And then Matthew Perry can be Prince Charming. Matthew Perry, his time he came back. And then Tom Cruise will show up. It's a cameo. Then like you'll a, watch the film, sounds like right? an incredible film. Uh, <laughs> Mike, Michael J. Fox can voice a mouse or something. <laughs> um, no, these days, Anya Taylor-Joy. But uh, speaking of whom, um, sort of, Jane Austen is back, because I'm here to tell you Jane Austen oh. is back. Uh, <laughs> this is us picking up who. Uh, she was back in in uh, with with Emma last year, starring Annie Taylor Joy. That's that was the speaking of whom. That's what I was going yeah. with. Let's be honest, Jane Austen never went away, but she's back, back, back with Persuasion uh, for Netflix, which will be starring Dakota Johnson. Oh. Uh, uh, there was a previous adaptation. I can't remember who starred in it. It's not who was it? I can't remember. Kieran Hines was in it, but I can't remember who the the lead was. Uh, Persuasion is not one of her best loved books. Um, it's. I, I I read it for the first time four years ago. Uh, it, it's not one of my best left of her books. I, I'd say I'd rank it fifth in her books, probably. But um, I, I'll happily watch this, especially since it's on Netflix. Uh, it be interesting to see whether they go for kind of classic Austin-style adaptation or do something a bit different with it. But uh, Dakota Johnson, despite the Fifty Shades films, I think is actually a very, a very good actress. Um, I recommend uh, Peanut Butter Falcon, which she's very good in. So okay. I've nice seen her in the Al Royale. Yeah, you know she was good in as well. Mm-hmm. I thought. Uh, so yes, yeah, be good to see her as Anne Elliot in Persuasion. Oh. I I don't know much about Persuasion. N- no, I, I'll be honest. It's uh, not one of the more memorable ones. It's quite a. Um, I guess think of whatever might happen in a Jane Austen book, and it mostly happens in that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I, I know the film then. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I wouldn't come for the surprises on this one, unless no. they really. Of course, they could change the ending. They could change everything. Who knows? Probably not. Um, my last bit of news. Uh, for those who are interested, there is going to be a Downton Abbey movie sequel. Oh yeah, and it's coming this Christmas. That's quick. Wow. Yeah. Did- well, I mean, they're they're constantly film filming, right? So. They just put together three episodes together in this right. movie the film. Uh, are they still making Downton Abbey? I thought they stopped. I, assume, I have no idea, Colin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm clearly not one of those who are interested in it. But no, yeah. I've never seen... Well, I've seen, I've seen bits of an episode or two when I was at my parents at Christmas, but no, I've never sat down and watched an episode. Uh, it's one of those things that quite often... There was a period when, when, when people would appear in films and, and seemed to be quite well known, and I wouldn't know who they were. It's because they came from Downton Abbey. And then it was because they came from Game of Thrones, but uh, quite a few, quite a few well-known stars have uh, have served time on uh, on on Downton Abbey. Uh, a couple more: uh, Anton Fuqua, who you'll know from um, the Magnificent Seven remake and the Gangsters Paradise video, and many other things, uh, is directing Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Speaking of musicals uh, that are not original. Yep. <laughs> uh, I've never seen that, so uh, Me I guess that'd be nice. Uh, and something that uh, we talked about for recordings, Ijan. Um Malcolm Spellman, who's the head writer on Falcon and Winter Soldier, uh, is developing the next Captain America film, Captain America 4. Um, let's not spoil anything there for anyone who hasn't caught up to date with Falcon and Winter Soldier. 
but nope. uh, but that is coming. Uh, and of course, uh, Oscars can only mean one thing, Zijan, uh, and that means Razzies, um, oh, which happened okay. this weekend. Uh, lots of wins for a film called Absolute Proof, which oh, I think was that. about how Donald Trump won the, the election or something. Okay. Uh, Sia uh, and a few others won things for, oh, yep. for music, which was yep. not well received. Um, Doolittle won uh, worst prequel, remake, ripoff, or sequel. <laughs> and, uh, I like when they have weird categories like that. I think it's brilliant. Yeah. Um, there was some stuff for Borat. Um, well, specifically for Rudy Giuliani. Uh, and 365 Days, which seemed to be about a guy kidnapping a woman. We are going to end oh, up on Oh, that's a, a Netflix film. We yeah, are going to end it on a negative note, Tijan. Oh, <laughs> yeah, you are. Uh, the spe- but at least I'm not doing anything this time wrong. <laughs> the Special Governor's Award for the worst calendar year ever went to 2020. So there you go. Huh. Um, I don't think anyone turned up to collect this time. No. Good work all round. Uh, we move on then to our next segment, which is to see or not to Z, where we tell you about the films we've seen recently and tell you, the listener, whether you should see them or not Z them. Uh, Zijan, <laughs> in this, uh, with, with with lockdown coming to a tentative end yep. and uh, the, the opportunities to go and frolic in the sunshine, uh, Frolicking. have you been watching any films? I have, actually. Excellent. <laughs> I saw uh, Love and Monsters hmm. on Netflix. Me too. Surpri- uh, I'm surprised you've seen that. I thought you'd be terrified the hell out of me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this is directed by Michael Matthews. It stars Dylan O'Brien from the Maze Runner uh, series. If you've seen that, uh, Jessica Henrik, who is in the Iron Fist uh, series on Netflix, uh, and Michael Rooker, hmm. uh, who's in it as well. Um, so it was scheduled to receive white theatrical release in February 2021 but it's now on Netflix because woo pandemic um, yeah. so this show is about in a post-apocalyptic world where giant monster reptiles amphibians and bugs live and humans live in the colonies and hence uh, me asking why um, Colin is watching this film <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> because there are some hideous hideous monsters in this film um, one man decides to venture out to reunite with his ex-girlfriend after seven years mm-hmm. um, yeah and this film has recently been nominated for an Oscar for best visual effects and I can understand why because the visual effects are incredible the monsters yeah. look both grotesque and fascinating at the same time it's um, yeah it's, it's, it's insane the huge amount of variety of monsters you see in this film you see and you think that oh it's just a giant frog or a giant snail but they go into so much detail and they actually look really good in this film. It looks like it's part of the film and it's not one green screen um, That's true. monster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, is, uh, which is quite common nowadays um, and quite easy for people to put through. But it looks, it looks really good. Like if you, if you like visual effects and you don't mind monsters like Colin does, um, <laughs> <laughs> you may just want to check it out just for your visual effects alone because it actually looks very good. To be honest, I, I also thought the dog was CGI and I thought oh, that's a very good dog and then I, I saw the thing and, it, and it's actually a real dog so <laughs> no points there uh, yeah I, I, I agree I'm sorry. the thing that really got me was he kept holding things I expected to turn into monsters like he'd be <laughs> high and like wait a minute it's a monster which never happened but I was always on edge for that going to happen uh, so if you watch it don't worry that, that that's not going to come up uh, yeah it's, it looks impressive and he, I think he's he's a good actor he's captivating he does what he does very well um, mm. But it was, 
there, there wasn't a single unpredictable moment, I think, in the entire no, thing. Um, I don't think it's meant to be an unpredictable kind of film anyway. Um, well, there's, yeah. I think it's supposed to be... So, spoilers, I guess. There's the twist where there's, like, there's this guy who's like, yeah, I can save you all. It's going to be great. And then he turns out to be a bad guy. But like, everyone knows not for one happen. second did I think he wasn't going to be a bad guy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, I don't think they're trying to like no. you know pull the wool over eyes or anything. I think mm. I think it just tell, tells a very simple story about uh, uh well he started off not being very courageous or brave and he mm. just grows into himself and learns to be stronger. And I think that's basically just follows his journey. I think it's done very well. <laughs> it's, it's a, yeah, it's a very very obvious kind of a hero's journey. Uh, mm. very I was actually I was surprised there was less. We didn't see Michael Rooker come back again. So he bumps into Michael Rooker and he's the kind of the classic wizard who teaches him the ways. I mean, he's not a wizard, but you know. <laughs> he might as well be, right? Uh, and then I kind of assumed you'd see him again on the way back, but he, he didn't. Um, oh. Maybe in the sequel. What I also did like in this film that's slightly different than other films is that a lot of post-apocalyptic films, you see, you know, humanity just loses its way and people just, um, you know, just devolved into just raging (laughs) beings who just want to protect themselves and destroy everything. I think I've seen too much Walking Dead where people are just yeah, uh, just being cruel and all that but in this one like there's a lot of humanity in this you know people are just there's so many kind people in this so many you know friendly people in this just normal people just trying to get by you know I I like that it takes a more optimistic view of humanity in a post-apocalyptic world rather than just it devolving into savages and people just yeah yeah no that's that's a good point that's a good point so yeah Um, so you're saying our listeners should uh, should give this one a watch I think I think it's a decent film like I don't expect like fireworks or uh, expect very good looking monsters to be fair that's it um I've been uh, I've been catching up on some of the Oscar nominated films that are around. Um, so I watched Sound of Metal. Uh, oh, nice! Yeah, which is on Amazon Prime. It stars Riz Ahmed as a metal drummer uh, who uh, loses his hearing. And I've noticed, I saw the poster for this, and I thought, oh, this looks like it's not for me. It looks like it's like just a film all about metal, in fact, about being a yeah, this this genre of music that doesn't interest me at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's nothing like that at all, really. It's kind of the opening opening scenes are him and, and uh, Olivia Cook, who plays uh, his girlfriend and the singer in this group. I use singer very loosely. It sounds absolutely atrocious, to be honest. If I was... <laughs> um, so he, he pretty much overnight loses his hearing, or almost, I think, loses... Why, though? Is it, is it a disease or something? Uh, it seems to be just from smashing drums all the time. They don't really go into the details, but I think it's from the, 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 the racket. Um, they didn't use the word racket the very loud noise I think is the idea um, but it's really about him coming to terms with that but he, he joins a group um, of of deaf people and they kind of um, uh, they, they teach him sign language and, and what have you but it's it's just utterly unlike his previous life and it's just kind of this remote um, in the middle of the, yeah middle of nowhere kind of very um, I guess kind of hippie-ish you might say uh, mm life and he's not allowed to contact the outside world he's not allowed to see uh, his girlfriend for this period time, for this period um yeah i won't say more than that except uh, yeah riz ahmed is fantastic uh, he's really good in it uh, olivia cook also really good i've become quite a fan of hers recently i think she's done some great work and yeah she's not uh, in the bulk of it, i guess because he's not allowed to see her but but what she does is uh is is really good as well 
So I'd say, yeah, don't, don't get put off by the poster. Um, okay, or, or that you do not care for metal music. Yeah, yeah, that's, it's really got nothing to do with that. Um, okay. So yeah, definitely definitely check that one out. I think it's a directorial debut, in fact. Um, oh, nice. And I also saw One Night in Miami, uh, which is also a directorial debut um, by uh, Regina King, uh, who won an Oscar for If Beale Street Could Talk not too long ago. Uh-huh. Um, so we talked about this one briefly because... Um, I think it's Leslie Odom Jr. got Oscar nominated for it. Yeah, best actor, I think. Uh, I think supporting, but I could be wrong. Uh, let's have a look. Yeah, supporting. Um, so it's about uh, Malcolm X, Cassius Clay, Jim Brown, and Sam Cooke. Um, me basically spending some time with each other in, in a motel one night. Uh, I had never heard of Jim Brown, um, but he is apparently uh, one of the all-time great American football players. Uh, which I guess okay. is why I hadn't heard of him. Uh, but they're all <laughs> uh, African-Americans. Um, so in case anyone doesn't know, Cassius Clay is, is the boxer. Uh, he later became known as Muhammad Ali. Malcolm X, uh, civil rights uh, guy, and Sam Cooke, a singer. Yeah, it's it's almost all in this kind of motel room. You do see bits before that, and you do see them, kind of they do leave the room occasionally, but uh, it's just these four um, really strong, powerful, successful men interacting and their, their various um, beliefs and doubts and, and different attitudes to things. So, so Malcolm X um, is, uh, was in the Nation of Islam and was uh, trying to persuade Cassius Clay to join it. Oh. And so you see a lot of that. Uh, and yeah, it's really good. It's really good. Really strong performances all around. Uh, I actually thought, so I mean, um, Leslie M. Jr. Is, is very good. Plays Sam Cooke. I actually thought uh, Kingsley Benadir, who played Malcolm X, was the, was the strongest of the okay. four. Um, maybe he's the lead. It's a bit hard to tell about um, with the four of them, but I'd say he probably is the lead. So maybe that's why he didn't get a nomination because of um, strong category. But uh, yeah, I'd say check this one out as well. It's on uh, Amazon oh, wow. Prime also. So there you go. There's some stuff uh, for people to have a look. It's um, let's say a nicely assured directorial debut. It's it's I think a lot of actors who become directors, their first film is a fairly kind of quiet character piece like this rather than yep something big, big and bombastic yeah. yeah so i'll be interested to see where she goes next yeah that's good um yeah i'll check them out uh i've just realized that i've chosen a very unfortunate time to have hiccups okay <laughs> so i'm like hiccuping through whilst uh, listening to you speak just now right i can edit that out but um <laughs> oh there it is there you go wow uh you can you can try and surprise me and shock me or something or scare me i don't know how it works okay um Right, when you're least suspected, is <laughs> Of course, yeah. We can, we can. I can expect it. It won't work otherwise. You know who's awesome? <laughs> Gerard Butler. <laughs> yeah. Was that enough of a surprise for you? <laughs> Let me get some water first. Be right back. Okay. Yep. Speaking of directorial debuts. Yes. Uh, you always do this introduction, Colin. So it's always very weird. I have to do it. Yeah. This Our is main it. topic for this podcast is promising young woman. Where Emerald Fennell, um, this is this is her directorial debut, um, and it stars Carrie Mulligan. Yeah, it's so weird, Cody. I don't know how you do this. <laughs> I'm enjoying it. It is Emerald Fennell also uh, wrote the screenplay. I believe she's got an Oscar nomination for best original screenplay. Um, and yes, it's out on Netflix. It's no, not Netflix. No. <laughs> You, um, where is it out? It's out on Now and Sky Movies. That's where it's out. Um, Good, Colin. Someone needs to mention where it's out now, because these days it's tough. I had to get a now a seven day Now subscription so I could watch it. 
Uh, which is not dissimilar. Oh, sorry, I, sorry, I, of course. Yeah. Sorry, not dissimilar I. to the seven-day now subscription I got to watch um, the Snyder Cut. <laughs> the joy of the joy of multiple email addresses. Anyway, um, this has been regarded in some quarters. As, I, I've taken over, Zijan. Um, I hope that's all right. I've taken yeah, over. This, yeah, yeah, no, 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 go ahead, go ahead. Uh, this has been described in some places as the first Me Too uh, movie, although. Uh, well, I guess wasn't that what Bombshell was when he came out? Yeah, well. I think Bombshell's also been described as the first Me Too movie. <laughs> there's probably been quite a few described as the first Me Too movie. Uh, uh, I think there's probably more to it than that anyway. Um, it is the tale of uh, from the trailer that Carrie Mulligan um, goes out to a nightclub. She pretends to be drunk. She waits for someone to, to take her home and effectively uh, try to rape her. Uh, and then she reveals that she is not, in fact, drunk. I only watched the first trailer, and that's about all the first trailer tells you. Ah. Um, because I think Simon, or maybe you, had had seen the second one and said it revealed yes. a bit more. So I thought, okay, well, I'll, I'll go into it just knowing that. Uh, uh, yeah, I think that makes sense. I think that's a very good choice. Yeah, I'm quite glad I did. I think I, this is my general policy of films I'm really excited by, which is maybe excited is the wrong word, but this is one I was looking forward to. Is I, I, I don't want to go in kind of completely blank, but I like don't want to go into with, with knowing too much so that's yeah let, let's not say anymore at this stage Carrie Mulligan obviously is, is the star she's also been Oscar nominated uh, for it um, and it won best original screenplay BAFTA I think and best yep. uh, outstanding British film I'm never quite sure how they decide what films are British and which aren't but there you go we're claiming this well Emerald Fennel is British right and so is Carrie Mulligan well yep. we're definitely claiming that's, it um, and that's it right yeah that'll do won't it this is going to be a trickier one to discuss than some of our films we talk it about. It really is, though. It really is. It's so hard. Like, it's usually easier to discuss, like, blockbusters and stuff like that. It's easier to review them. Whereas something something more quiet, like this drama, it's always a little bit more trickier to navigate around, especially without trying to spoil it. It's fair to spoil it. Well. Uh, and especially with, um, I guess, a topic as sensitive as this. Yes, because, of course. Uh, if we're talking about how cool Batman's outfit looks, no one's going to get um, too worried. <laughs> um, but obviously, we're touching on very um, uh, tricky issues here. So, um, although, well, maybe not so tricky. We'll come to we'll come to that. Uh, did I mean first up? Um, were you excited by this one? Were you looking forward to this one, or was this not really on um, the radar? I thought the, the, I thought the trailer was really done very well. Mm. Um, I was intrigued by the film. Yeah. Uh, film's premise uh, from a trailer alone. Uh, it's definitely a film of uh, of the times, as you say. It's not where you say that this is the first Me Too film, uh, which is not, but... Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I can definitely see it because it's definitely a film of these times. Um, I wouldn't expect to see a film like, like this like five years ago, ten years ago. No, no. No, I, I think the shots in the trailer were, were done really well. Um, they, they fascinated me. I mean, like, it, it was... I don't know how to explain it though, but it was done in a very, can I say the word confident? It's like, it yeah, teases, yeah. it knows what it wants to tell, say, you know, it doesn't like, you know, it doesn't elaborate too far or at least in the first trailer. Um, yeah. Or yeah. says too much. It knows what it wants to tell. It knows what, what hook will, will get the audience wanting to watch this film and it does it really well. Come on, like even the first 10 minutes of this film alone uh, itself is a hook in its own right and I, I yeah. guarantee that if you've not seen the trailer, just by watching the first 10 minutes of this film, I think a lot of people will just stay and finish it throughout so. yeah as a as a concept so that's all i mean the, the first trailer just tells you what basically what happens in the first 10 minutes and shows you this fairly iconic now i think uh carrie mulligan in this um nurse's outfit with with multicolored hair yeah. um which 
doesn't come into play until much later in the film in fact but you don't necessarily uh, know that but yeah as a concept it's it's uh, a very interesting one to see where, where will that go uh, as you say it is very much of the of the time i mean however you feel about uh the current political state and all this i think no one is standing up for guys who try to rape drunk women so this is a very clear uh mm. baddie uh even if well multiple baddies i suppose um uh, this is so i mean I, I thought this was really good i thought carrie mulligan was excellent i mean carrie mulligan is always excellent um but this is some of her best work i thought uh i'm a big fan of hers i think everyone is really uh there are though weaknesses to it in my view which we'll, we'll go through uh-huh. um do, before i do though I mean, is that is that does that chime with your views i mean we, no no yeah. i think i think it, i think overall i think i really enjoyed this film uh probably more because of like the whole concept of it i think I mm. thought it was, yeah it was just yeah i think it's just so fascinating to see see this from point of view um it, it does come across as a revenge fantasy film as well and that's interesting because it was it was described as that and, and i think it is um but that wasn't necessarily immediately uh clear i should say we'll do uh, non-spoilers and spoilers so i should have said that up top but, um because i think there in a film like this, you wouldn't necessarily expect there to be lots of spoilers, but there are a lot more than you might think. Yes. Um, so we might do a fairly brief non-spoiler and then go into the uh, the spoilers and see how it goes. Uh, but yes, it is much more about kind of revenge um, than it was necessarily builders and, and kind of, I guess, specific revenge rather than just revenge against men in general uh, or this kind of man. Um, what I found interesting, I'd say, is... So you've got this thing, yeah, she, she goes... she. She seems to be drunk. They take her home. She, she they start to assault her, and, and she reveals that she's not drunk. She's in full command, um, and that's it. I kind of watching the trailer. Think, oh, what does she do? Does she blackmail them? Does she uh, attack them? Or what, what happens? I mean, I, I think some people even thought she she killed them all based on the trailer. <laughs> um, and basically, what happens is she says, "Don't do this." Yep. Bye. And I think is that. And that's it, right? That's it. And it's an interesting way of going about it i mean it makes it i don't think it by and large this is a very grounded film um certainly later on in the film uh but that makes i guess a little bit more grounded rather than it's a kind of a she's a she then does kung fu on them or or, or, you can see a way this film goes a completely different way where it's um, well it did though which uh yeah much more dramatic uh but no she's kind of just i don't know whether she you don't really get the feel that, feeling that she's teaching them a lesson. Like, no, I think it's yeah. I, I highly doubt that those guys who tried it on her would would actually learn anything from it. No. Apart from not trying to approach her again, or yeah, or yeah, or even just be more wary. But even then, I don't think yeah. Just just the telling off doesn't really work, does it? No, I think it becomes a bit clearer later on where she says there's other girls like me out there and they they go further than this which is not made clear i i think she's lying to try but i think the idea is to try and make them scared kind of saying you know the, the message being women uh in my position are, are scared a lot i want to make the men scared as well or this kind oh. of man at least uh scared which makes more sense i think uh i'm trying to say have what to do without um giving stuff away um well, I think this doesn't give Can too much away to say that um, this is a lot is driven by uh, her her friend Nina, yeah, um, who who was raped in college, 
Um, and, and it's yeah. significantly implied that killed she killed herself, although never yep. explicitly said. No, that's true. I think this was revealed in the second trailer as well. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So if you've seen the second trailer, you probably can. You you probably know what's happening or what happened. I don't really. I don't even really want to go to the cast yet. Let's nope. Just, I, I can understand yeah. why as well. Should we go spoilers then? Let's do spoilers. 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 Surprisingly, there's spoilers in this film. Yeah, yeah, and some huge ones. So, um, so Bo Burnham plays, uh, uh, I guess, love interest. Love interest. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he's a guy he knew her from college. Um, he comes into the, the coffee place where she's working and is very charming, and she spits in his coffee. Um, and he drinks it up. He drinks it up, which apparently is charming. I'll go with it. Why not? Uh, and it seems that in this miserable uh, life she has, where her best friend killed herself, and it's really badly affected her, as, as you'd expect. Uh, she has found a ray of hope. A good guy who's not like the other guys. Until? Uh, until it turns out he... Well, he he's not a good guy. So he was there when her friend was raped and did nothing about it. He was a bystander. He was a bystander. And you get this scene, which we'll talk about, I guess, later, um, where, where she confronts him. And... I, this wasn't unexpected, though, to be honest. And this this comes down to why we spoke before this podcast, Colin, about the problem with watching films on stream, on right. TV, as opposed to watching on the cinema, is that we know how long it'll take, how yes. long the film takes to yeah, run. Okay. Um, and this film suffered from an issue because I had a playtime of this film. Yes. And then, you know... When it's not over yet and there's like 20 minutes left of the film and you see her living her perfect life with this seemingly nice guy who wants to live with her, this is not going to happen. So you, 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 you saw this coming, did you? you I saw this coming. Uh, well, yeah, I saw this coming. And yeah, it's one of those issues with watching films on stream. You're, you're not really surprised by it because a film needs to meet its plot beats in an allocated time, right? So See, that's... That's interesting because I I did not see it coming at all. Like, what? I, well, I I knew from the trailer that she was gonna go and like dress up in this nurse outfit and and confront the guy, and yeah. I thought there was enough story in that that, that would I I wasn't looking at the runtime thinking oh she needs to needs to um to lose this 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 relationship as well. I think it, there's a version of this film where you don't need this to happen. Yeah, and, I agree. And it still I agree. feels still feels I the time. I I didn't think it was necessary. Um. I don't think that review was necessary at all. It doesn't lend anything to this film, I don't think, in, okay. any, in any way. Um, in, in fact, I, I felt even worse for Carrie Mulligan, because honestly, um, yeah, it's, it's just awful, right? Awful to discover this kind of things. But um, yeah, uh, even though I saw this coming, um, right. I don't think it was necessary. That's interesting, because like, so I didn't see it coming, but I thought it, I thought it really did add to the story. So... Um and here's why. So, so Carrie Mulligan, her performance uh, throughout this film is she's pretty much always um, acting. Um, by which I mean the character she, she's playing is, is acting, yep. is kind of putting on a front, whether it's, I mean, obviously when she's pretending to be drunk, but also when she's pretending that she's kind of really um, tough, unaffected by the world. Kind of when, she, when she's at work, she's got the kind of brash exterior on. She doesn't let anybody in. Uh, yeah. Even her parents, really. Although obviously she's comfortable there, but they don't really know what's going on in her in her life and all this. Mm-hmm. Of course. Um, so it's kind of heartbreaking in the scenes with Boy Burnham where she's 
opening up to him and she kind of she loses the artifice you can see who she is underneath and she doesn't talk about what she's doing but you kind of she's such i mean carrie vonnegan is such a good actor that you kind of see different layers hmm. um and I think, so I, I, I've argued with my brother about this actually because he's seen this film. He he was a big fan of of the two of them as a couple and had forgotten this was happening. Uh, so I didn't realize this was going to happen either. Um, I, I kind of understand the the idea that the, the the people who appear to be good guys might not be, which is the kind of the whole message, isn't it, about rape culture? I suppose is that you can't tell who those guys are. Do you, do you, do you get what I'm saying? I, I I do get what you're saying. I do get what you're saying. Um, yeah, I still don't think it's necessary. Right. You know? well, I think it's just a bit too. Like, it feels a bit heavy-handed, doesn't it? Like it just says that. Oh, every yeah, I I felt really sorry for her. Like every yeah. guy that is going to be just cruel to her. And like, this is what this is why I guess I do agree with you. Um, I'm, this is the main complaint I did have about this film is that there are no good men in it other than her dad. Father. Yeah. yeah, her dad who doesn't do a huge amount. But he's he's a nice guy. And Alf Molina, who will come on to, but there's there's no like she, at no point does she go home with a guy who then doesn't try to rape her, for example. Yep, um, exactly. The, the only yeah the only romantic interest she has turns out to be a jackass. The, the, and I know there's the whole um, these days the, the the kind of a hashtag not all men is to say yeah well we don't know who the good men are we don't know who the bad men are but there are no good men really in her that she encounters. Mm. And I think that's a weakness of the film because it kind of plays into this idea that all men are terrible because every man they show is terrible <laughs> and that that just i think that dilutes the message a bit um which i think is kind of what kind of along the same lines as what you're saying mm-hmm. maybe in, in, yeah. yeah in a sense yes uh, um, and i guess you got i, I appreciate you got to get the film down to the runtime and stuff but like well to no, give, you don't have to you don't have to show a lot though it's like uh you just have to show just one person yeah just one just one person she goes home with who when then, she when she's drunk he, they just put her to bed and, and say and, and then she just wakes up and then that's it that's yeah it. That's I think that would have to do I think that would have been a good addition I think it would be interesting to see what, how the character reacted to that yeah um, speaking of that we're going all over the place but speaking of that there apparently was a deleted scene where she's basically shows the reveal um, she has bruises from one of these encounters because one of these guys that she tries to well she just says look I'm not drunk uh, hit her, which I guess is also something we don't see in this, um, but it's also a realistic uh, possibility in yep. that situation. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I think that that was a shame. I think it would have been a subtler film, shall I say? It would have been would have had a more nuanced message, perhaps, mm. if um, if we had a scene like that. Yeah, because even at the stag do, and I'm jumping right to the end. Um, so if you, if you haven't watched it. Um, Actually, no, let's come to that later. Let's try and do vaguely. Let's talk about Alfred Molina. What do you think about Alfred Molina's character? Alfred Molina, so he plays a lawyer who helped, uh, not convict, what's the opposite of convict? Uh, acquit. Acquit, yes. I helped acquit the the guy who was accused of raping her best friend. Yes. Uh, uh, Nina. Um, and in this film, she confronted him at his house and then he confessed that he had lots of regrets yeah on yeah. um on the whole situation on how many uh on how many people he has acquitted uh <laughs> uh from and, yeah this and then carrie mulligan decided to not punish him because and, of that yeah and explicitly says that she forgives him um 
which again was an interesting way of going. I thought his performance was perhaps a little over the top, if I'm being critical. But uh, it was having having complained about a lack of nuance elsewhere. That was a nice scene to see, or an interesting scene to see. Yeah, uh, I, I I can get what you mean by the over the top bit, especially him just leaning over on her knee and crying. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was a little bit weird. If for someone who's worried constantly worried about men trying to take advantage of her, yes, she calmly let this grown male lawyer just slowly cry on her lap. Which yeah, was a little bit. Well, I guess weird. I was more thinking of this side. This guy who is so worried about the way he's treated women over the years. <laughs> Exactly. Leaning all over her. I'm like, come on, man, have you not learned anything? Um, it, was a, it was weird. It was a weird choice. Uh, yes, I thought tonally he didn't necessarily hit the um, hit, hit the same level that everyone else was at. But it was, it's, it's an interesting way to go. Uh, and in fact, so we talked about this being um, revenge. She's specifically taking revenge on people who uh, she felt were to blame uh, yeah. in Nina's death, um, including the lawyer. That was That was him. Um, one of the others is played by Alison Brie. It's uh, another friend um, who basically just didn't do anything. Didn't do anything. Tried to move on. Just laughed it off as, a, as one of these things that happens at college. Mm. And we have this weird thing where basically Carrie Mulligan gets her drunk and then hires a guy to make her think that maybe she was raped. Yep. Which uh, not for, um, not for one second did I think he actually had stayed with her. Um, no, and the, the the fact that you know Edison Bree tried to contact Carrie Mulligan, she just keep putting her off, right? I yeah. mean, you would suspect that she was in on it as well the whole time without having to like, you know, <laughs> yeah. You if you were Edison Bree, right, you were just suspecting yeah, this whole why, thing right from yeah, the beginning. Why, and I, again, that was an interesting way of, of doing things to to say, well, the, the, there are it's grey issues, grey, or make her worry about the situation. It was. And, and again, in fact, she does later apologise for that, doesn't she? Uh, Karen Mulligan's character. Who, by the way, is called Cassie. I don't think we've mentioned that. No. Cassie Thomas, in fact. Um, maybe the first... Another Thomas. First film we've reviewed where the lead character is called C. Thomas. <laughs> um, we also have Connie Britton, who plays the dean of the university, uh, who um, basically didn't properly investigate the claims uh, when Nina so... was at the university and has since forgotten all about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and hence, Cassie decided to... Well, kind of kidnapped her teenage daughter yes. and brought her into a diner and somehow took a phone away from her teenager, yep. which is a, a hell of achievement, honestly. <laughs> like, what, what, what teenage girl will never realize their mobile phone is gone? In what universe? In what universe? Uh-huh. Especially one who is supposedly safe in a diner. Didn't, didn't she say she had to take her phone because she didn't want to risk her taking photos of this boy band or something? Wasn't there? Huh. I thought there was a plot point about that. Oh yeah, that. it could be, yeah. I kind, of, I kind of forgot about that. Anyway, she goes She goes to her mum and says, she's in a dorm room with these guys. And the mum understandably uh, is very worried about that. It turns out not to be true. Yeah. Uh, I And this is another area where I thought the film... Um, it could have gone one route that was more nuanced and decided not to. I'm not necessarily saying that as a criticism because I think it was doing what it wanted to do. But you, it, it turns out this um, Nina, this, this rape was filmed. Uh, there were lots of witnesses and the dean basically didn't bother investigating it and almost kind of said, well, she had it coming because of the way she acted. And, have you. Uh, and it makes me think a more interesting way of going with this would be the dean says, well, what am I supposed to do? It's his word against her words. Which is, I think, an understandable position for a dean, hmm. um, and it decided it decided basically not to give that character 
um, the benefit of the doubt. And similarly with Ryan, so moving on to, to Ryan, who played he's the character played by Bo Burnham, uh, when it turns out that he was witnessing it, uh, I, I, one way this story could have gone would have been him saying, well, my friend Al says he didn't do it, your friend Nina says he did. What, what, what am I supposed to do with that? Um, which again, I think is a, is a more nuanced, well, not nuanced the wrong word, but is, is a less black and white way of doing it. It's, um, it's something that maybe is more true to life, I don't know. But they, you know, that's not what this film was about. But, no, but uh, it was it was very deliberate choice, I guess, to say this very obviously happened and everyone knows it happened. As, uh, a, as I say, it promised yeah. that it is a revenge fantasy film. Yeah, all. I guess if you're going to commit revenge that way, you don't want there to be a kind of well, is he the bad guy? I don't know. Uh, yeah, um, exactly. That's yeah, a, that's a different film, isn't it? But uh, which I think would be an interesting film to watch, but is not what this film is. No, definitely not. Are we going to talk about? the the end then the yeah, last let's scene. do it let's do it yeah and you, you can't so, you can't tell me that you you saw this all coming no no <laughs> i i thought this scene made it all yeah. I, I thought i i saw this scene it's like oh wow yeah wow this director has a lot of gall <laughs> mm. to put that in so what happened was that um after um cassie is a cassie right yeah um discovered that um her boyfriend was effectively a bystander in it she rehatched her uh, revenge plan all along mm. um, she dressed up as a nurse uh, to the guy's bachelor's party so this guy who was the one who raped her best friend um, yeah and, and just to jump in sorry, so she says to, to Bo Burnham's character her boyfriend Ryan says who, who by the way have said they love each other at that stage that um, unless he tells her where the bachelor party is she's going to send this video to everyone he knows yep. uh, in a scene we'll come back to that scene actually yeah. Sorry, go for it. So she goes there. Um, so this is a scene that's in the trailers. Uh, you'll see Max Greenfield from uh, uh, New Girl. New Girl. Yes. As soon as he opened that door, I was like, well, there's a, he's going to do more. <laughs> you don't, like, you, <laughs> of you course. Don't, you don't hire Max Greenfield to open a door. Yep. He is uh, the best man to the, the groom-to-be. Uh, by the way, uh, did I mention the groom is the one who is, uh, who is, the one who is accused of rape? Uh, yes. Um, yeah. uh, so... She dresses up as a nurse, so everyone thinks that she's the stripper. She got everyone drugged up on something. I'm not too sure what she got. No, that she sure. yeah. drugs a bunch of guys, but she did that. She brought the groom up to bed, tied him up with handcuffs, and proceeds to try and carve Nina's name onto his body yes. to remind yes. him of what he did to her. And now the best bit of this film, and the part where I say that Emerald has a lot of, <laughs> for lack of a better word, balls sure. <laughs> to do this. Um, he breaks out from the handcuffs and proceeds to smother her to death. Yes, yes. Which um, came as something of a surprise to, 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 to me and I guess to you. Yep. Um, and this is part, this is what I found to earlier when I was saying every every guy in this more or less is a terrible person, because when his best mate, the best man, discovers the corpse the next morning, yep, is it, not a second goes by before he's like, well, I guess we're burning this corpse. Um, it's, it's not like maybe you should tell the police what's happened. No, so, they created a gigantic bonfire for to burn the corpse as well. I mean, come on, like they don't even bury the corpse or try. Mm. They literally burn this yeah, person up. It's. They're not the best guys, but they are. I mean, they they are the worst people <laughs> imaginable. 
yeah and, and there's some great music there's pretty, pretty shot she, she has this i say iconic uh costume um it's all it's kind of the, the point the film is leading to but it's so odd that she gets killed but what is odder is that the scene after that at the wedding uh, where basically she has arranged for Al to be uh, arrested for this murder. She, the police turn up. She sends these timed text messages to, to so Ryan. Very conveniently timed text messages, right, for a dead person to yes. be able to know when the police will show up to a wedding. Yep. It, yeah. Um, <laughs> and, uh, I mean, she says it's all... I mean, she sends them to him, but as far as I can work out, nothing actually would affect... He, he's not going to be arrested for this. He didn't do anything. Uh, and she's not releasing the video, as far as I can tell. But anyway, that that is to me is a weakness of the film, and that there is no indication whatsoever that the, she thought she was going to be killed. No. And really, there's no reason why she should believe that. Like, why why is she thinking? Well, I'll, I'll chain him up with these handcuffs, but he'll probably break out of them, yep. and then kill me. That that yeah, that that to me. And she also sends a letter to Alfred Molina and whatever. Which was, yeah. I mean, like, she didn't do this for all the previous guys that she went out with, which could have done the same to her, you know? Yeah. Which, yeah. which, she was putting herself in a dangerous situation in all the previous, uh, previous cases. So I'm not, yeah, you, I, I agree with you completely, Colin. Like, there's no, yeah, there's literally no indication of why this particular situation would turn out worse than the other ones. But um, I did look at the Wikipedia. That's the level of research we do here at the CZ Movies. Um, of course, yeah. And it turns out the original script ended with her body being burnt and didn't have any of the stuff afterwards. Uh, and it was added uh, in because they wanted to make the film, I guess, um, not let all the baddies get away with it. Make it a more, sli- I mean, it's not, a, it's, it's by no means an uplifting ending, but it's a slightly... Um, more, more sensible just eh? one i suppose yeah this is not kind of all they win we lose it's a um uh even beyond the grave she still gets justice kind of ending that's interesting though i think that's a good point yeah it should have ended there i think it makes more sense i think i mean if if you want the absolute bleakest version of this then yeah. yes yeah, that's, that's where you end it and I, I i like the fact that they had their comeuppance i suppose but i think if you add in that in then there are better ways to do that that make more sense with the rest of the film <laughs> yeah so the scene i was going to I said, talk about going back to is where she confronts ryan um well firstly she, she alison brie gives her this phone saying here's the footage of your friend being raped she immediately watches it um and it's a beautiful performance i mean she's such an incredible actor but the kind of her breakdown when she sees it and then realizes that ryan was there is 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 phenomenal and then you see she's basically put all these levels of artifice back on when she confronts him. So she's acting like she doesn't really care. She's There's, there's no emotion when she confronts him. And I thought that was an interesting way to go with it. Mm. So uh, There's emotion from him, but not from her. She's very in control of that scene, I guess. Uh, there you go. We will see uh, tomorrow night, or to- this tonight rather, uh, as we record, uh, whether they get awards. I, I think... I don't think Karen Morgan will win. I don't think she's the favourite for this. No, I think... Uh, oh, who is it? Well, it has to be Frances McDormand, right? Who's the favourite. Yes, yeah. Although there's, uh, there's been a few... I think this, it's not nailed on, is it? Because there's been some other... Well, Viola Davis as well as the second... Yeah, and... and um, sec- i trying to remember who won the uh, Golden Globe. But it might well win screenplay. I think it's uh, done well for that. We shall see. It's nice to review uh, an Oscar... Oscar-y type film every now and then. No, it's good. 
It, it is good. It shows that we actually watch other things. And I think we've I think we've dealt with this topic without um, getting uh, cancelled online, Zijan. I think. But let us know at cdzmovies on gmail dot com or at cdzmovies <laughs> on Twitter if, in fact, we haven't and are terrible people, uh, which is also possible. Uh, we will talk about the films of Carrie Mulligan now. Do we? We have time. Do we have time? We have one hour and four minutes in. Yeah, but I'm wondering how much time to cut out for you hiccuping. Oh. No, oh, no, let's push Carrie Mulligan to next time. Um, <laughs> we, will, we will talk about the films of Carrie Mulligan in our next episode because I have seen uh, 13 of them. I've seen two. <laughs> Maybe there'll be more next in, in, in two weeks' time, Colin. Including this one. Yeah. <laughs> yep. There'll be more in two weeks' time, Colin. When, when, Maybe. You, when do you choose the actors we want to look at? Do, do you ever think, have I seen films by this actor? No, I, I, I choose more diversity kind of thing. That's true. I kind of want to guess which one you've seen now. Is it Drive? No. Okay. Uh, we will find out uh, next time the other <laughs> Kerry Mulligan film that Zijan has seen. Um, we'll move on to a quiz about Ben Falcone. Um, what a way to end this podcast. Yeah. Oh, in fact, and um, we're also doing a look back in Oscar next time, Zijan. Yes. Uh, which we uh, are doing How Green Was My Valley? Well, thank goodness you have to say it. Uh, if you ask me, I would like something about Green Valley. Today. Yeah. <laughs> Um, most notably this is the film that won the best picture Oscar in the year that Citizen Kane was nominated Ooh. so there you go better than Citizen Kane um, we quiz on Ben Falcone Mr. Melissa McCarthy uh, Zijan which singer appears as herself in Life of the Party ooh that's I did not see this as herself so it's a she yep uh, give me that much uh, I'm going to guess Rihanna. Uh, it was Christina Aguilera. Uh, yeah, I would have gone there. Question one. <laughs> the film Life of the Party follows a newly divorced mother who returns to college to complete her degree in what field? Oof. Uh, I'm going to be guessing entirely, but I'm going to say it was English literature. Ooh. No, it's the same as Indiana Jones. Archaeology. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, which is the only of these films, uh, directed by Ben Falcone, that has grossed over $100 million? $100 million. I $100 mean... $100 million. These aren't great films, are they? I'm uh, going to no. go with the one that I've heard the most, and it's the most stars. I'm going to go with Tammy. It is Tammy. Very good. Nice. Question two. In which film did Ben Falcone and Melissa McCarthy's daughter play the 10-year-old version of Melissa's character? Uh, was it The Boss? It is The Boss. Excellent. Um, there are only five films. There are only five films. Yeah, so you feel I should have been able to research these. Uh, which two actors, I want both of them because I'm being harsh, uh, voiced superintelligence in the film Superintelligence? Oh... And also um, apparently appeared as themselves, but I'm not sure if that's true. Yeah, I think one is uh, Octavia Spencer. Correct. And the other should be James Corden, right? Correct. Very good. Yeah. Uh, question three. Of the five films that Ben Falcone has directed, which one has the highest Rotten Tomatoes score at 38%? <laughs> 38%. <laughs> 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 oh, boy. Um, so I don't think it's Superintelligence. I don't think it's Tammy. I'm going to say Life of the Party. 
It is life for the party. Okay. Good guess. Thirty-eight percent. Well, to all. Uh, question four: Who played the business rival called Renault uh, in The Boss? <laughs> Ooh, I've seen this. Um, uh, Peter Dinklage. It was Peter Dinklage. Nice. And this is me being nice to you. Oh yeah. The film Tammy includes four Oscar winners. Name two of them. That nice? <laughs> yeah, okay. I don't know. It's 50%, right? Yeah. I'm not asking you to name all four of them. You want to name all four of them, Colin? No, I don't. I don't, I don't really want to name any of them. Um, I don't think Melissa McCarthy won her Oscar for um, Can You Forgive Me, which is a shame because she was good. Uh, which film are we talking about? Tammy? Yes. Okay. I'm just checking. Um, <laughs> can I name any of them? <laughs> No, I don't think I'm going to be able to make this up. Uh, did, did she win for Bridesmaids? I don't know. Melissa McCarthy is going to be one of them. And um, uh-huh. the other one is going to be... Well, let me put you on your misery. Melissa McCarthy is not one of them. I didn't think she had, to be honest. <laughs> you can name either Susan Sarandon, okay. Kathy Bates, okay. Alison Jenny, right. or Nat Faxon. So I'll who, who, who was the last one? Nate Faxon I'm not sure who that is I've never heard of her okay no but yeah very go. good well there you go um, so that puts you three two up question five for you um, what are the super powered psychopaths generically called in Thunder Force uh, a generous uh, question considering we watched it like two weeks ago I know oh no oh no <laughs> No, they have a very weird name. <laughs> oh, no. Because I'm pretty sure you get the last question of mine as well, which is annoying. Uh, oh, okay, I'm going to take my time now. Go for it. I took a long time. I, I, oh. I wouldn't have cut out it, cut it out, but listener, you should know that I took a long time failing to name any uh, Oscar-winning actors in that film. Oh, no. Oh, I should know this. <laughs> I saw this two weeks ago. This is my favourite moment of the quiz, I think. <laughs> <laughs> I blocked it out maybe, my memory. Maybe my favourite moment of any of these quizzes. <laughs> I'm so upset now. I'm so upset. Oh, I can't believe I'm upset over a Ben Falcon <laughs> quiz. He's upset a lot of people with his films, but um, this is maybe the most. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be something like. Okay, something similar to like what mutants are, or uh, specials, or they always have like so many superhero films. They always have this name for them, you know. Yes, all I, of them. Yep. All so of them have one. This like, is some, this is some great padding. Yep, yep. Oh uh, uh, no! Was the Great oh. Gatsby the other film you've seen? No, it's ah. I'm annoyed now. You just tell me. Uh, miscreants. Ah, yes. I hate this. <laughs> Can I make the last question harder than you want? No. Uh, you got this. Before co-starring with Melissa McCarthy in Thunder Force, Octavia Spencer also appeared as herself in which other Ben Falcone film? Super Intelligence. That's correct. Three all, Zijan. Three all, which means oh. uh, I maintain my lead for the year. I think oh, I'm so annoyed. <laughs> This is worse than your Margaret Thatcher. <laughs> yeah, this this could be the um, could be the most painful one uh, to date. What are we quizzing on next time, Zijan? 
Yeah, I haven't decided yet. yet. Brilliant stuff. I'm deciding um, it based on what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How difficult I can make it now. All right. Okay. Um, tune in next time to find out what we're questing about. Hopefully, you'll tell me with more than like two hours right, to spare or something. Yeah. What's going to happen, Zijan, is you're going to tell me with, with almost no time to spare. I'm going to complain, and you're going to say, why are you complaining? You always write the quiz just before we record anyway. <laughs> Which is very true. Um, what, what is our main topic next time, Zijan? Can you remember that? Uh, Nomadland, right? Nomadland, indeed. Which again Way! could be um, could be a, a best picture winner by the time we uh, watch it. Who knows? Mm. We'll see you then. Bye.